listeners, hello, Chang fans, and welcome back to another episode of Relatives React Podcast. Um, I just want to apologise for last week uh, not doing one, but I really miss Levi, and I was often incredibly selfish and getting hammered in Paris. I recommend it if anyone's bored. Um, so, unfortunately as well, Brian's now sick of me, just taking a quick break from the podcast. Uh, Levi's still currently um, on holiday with my mum. So, as we don't have Brian, <laughs> I've got us the next best thing. That rhymes. So welcome back to the podcast, Brian. How are you doing, buddy? Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been very good. You've lost the B from Brian, but you've ended up with me. So there you go. Does that mean that the next test I have is going to be called Jan? <laughs> yes, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, just like some Russian guys just going to yeah. turn up for Jan. <laughs> right. If anyone is called Jan and wants to be my co-host for next episode, please reach out to me, not on Twitter, because it's set there. Sorry, Ryan. Um, <laughs> because I actually want to see how far I can take this name thing going. But before we get into discussing, I was going to say, is... it, work, it works the week after, because after Yan, you get Ann. So that's, you know, there's definitely <laughs> okay. could be an Ann out there. And I just need someone with an initial N, so I can actually do that. Oh, yeah, I can actually do this. Yeah, you, 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 you're absolutely fine. Yeah. I'm glad I've... I could come on as well, George. And not just carry on the uh, devolution of Brian's name, but also make sure that you have uh, an extra English person on with you and to fill the Jewish quota. <laughs> ah, that's, that's our inclusion diversity blockchain. <laughs> so I can, I'm very looking forward to reporting that at the next Writers React board meeting. The, the big difference between me and the big difference between me and Levi, though, is I will get both your rugby references and Bojack references. So we're fine. <laughs> It, it, the, the only problem with that is it means there will be so many more tangents in the podcast than we should have <laughs> three and a half hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, this is a bad segment. Have you got something really interesting? When was the last time you on? Not a month ago? Just like a uh, season has yeah, so, been going for about eight years at the moment. <laughs> yeah, last time I was on, I realised was uh, I didn't even get to do um, an elimination uh, because it was the, the Fetty episode where all we got was Pizzagate. Um, um, the, the um, first the first Pizzagate episode obviously not the one with the nice conclusion but the one that left it really open-ended and made us all go insane uh, that was that was arguably like the worst I actually got a spoiler up that was quite good um, yeah. the one where we went straight into the deliberation and elimination but I think it's probably a bit of a um, summary of this season I just don't have that many standout dailies they haven't stuck in my head that much yeah I mean you obviously like you said you didn't do last week and last week was supposed to be the big one that you talked about but actually I mean actually interested how you feel it probably came up a little short anyway yeah I I enjoyed it I I enjoyed Casey's um following Tory like a deck chair (laughs) yes yeah like that, that was that, also that was actually a really solid hit, and it was good to see some actual backup of how good Casey is physically, and that it's not just all talk. Because I think yeah. the closest we've got to that is our elimination against Theresa last year, where well, it was the weird snapping point one where she ripped Theresa's shoulder out. Yeah, um, but there wasn't. I mean, Kyle and Josh had a bit of a wrestle, and CT bolted them. That's that. They're the two things that stuck in my head physically from last year. I, and there was nothing on par with um, the rivals one CT two two two. So I just yeah, there was no queuing, was there? And that that was the big problem. There's yeah. nothing. People were trying to avoid each other, and there was there was like there was a 
you know, there was enough of a scope to do that. And like you said, like when when Josh and Kyle were taking each other out, someone just jumped over them, grabbed the plug and ran the other way. And it was like, well, it was a bit of a, an anti-climax. It was still fun, but it wasn't as fun as it may, might have been. Yeah, it, it, I think it had potential to be a 10 out of 10 day and it ended up being like a 7 or an 8. So I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't annoyed with it. I was like, this could have been so much more. And that's not the producer's fault, to be fair. That's the competitor's fault. Yeah, they were just all trying to be too smart for their own good. It's like, no, smash into each other. Give us, well, give me what I want. So, do you know, though, the reason I watched it, the reason we did miss last week is I went to watch France versus New Zealand in Paris. So I, yeah, got, I got my quota of big hits. <laughs> I was very jealous. Mate, it was absolutely awesome. The, the, so we'll move into a bit, but if... The French have cracked live rugby because I think US have this thing I really want to do called tail the tailgating side of sports, which just looks absolutely awesome. The French have done it in reverse. So instead of the game ending and then booting everyone out of the stadium, they keep all the bars open for like a couple of hours post-final whistle, pump up the oh. music, and everyone just stays like chatting about the game, meeting the opposition fans. Obviously, it's rugby, so there's no violence or anything about it. And yeah, then they shut the bars down after about an hour and a half and we start making the way back. But that is a, it is a brilliant, brilliant concept. Stays, everything, that, that stadium can be about 85,000 people. Um, I think at least 40, 45 stayed for another hour after the final whistle because everyone was so um, pumped after it. That's amazing, yeah. I've been to Stade de France for France, England before, but that was, nice. but, but last week was something else. And what it was a great match as well to be at. So, like, incredible. Yeah. And seeing as we're the only two people who are enjoying <laughs> this kind of chat, <laughs> I think we should probably move on to the actual episode. So, where we left off last time, we saw Kyle get thrown into elimination for another mistake. And for listeners, I am doing air quotations. Um, Tori and Devin got into it as Devin believed that Tori was going up against him. And CT threw Kyle under a bus for the 12th time in his career. God, he's resilient. I've been hit by a van once, and that hurt. <laughs> Uh, Carver went into elimination and as it was balanced focus, calls out the clumsiest goose since John Terry slipped while taking a penalty. Again, another reference just for you, Ryan, because no one else is going to get that. <laughs> Kyle beat Josh and told Logan to get off his team, which I actually quite enjoyed. And um, yeah, so now let's find out what happens when they headed back to the house. Back in action. Hey, Kyle, why did you not call me out? Are you a chicken? Why are you waiting for a hobro to call me in? I'm gonna kick your ass in a hobro too. So. <laughs> well done, Kyle. Against all odds. He does it again. I am honestly, I'm sad Josh is gone. I am as well. Like he was, he was really good friend to me this season, and he played this game straight up, and you know. As far as I know, never told a lie. So it's hard to see somebody that did that go. But I know these ladies don't want to hear it. But Amanda, Tori, this one's on you too. So as we head back to the house, we get a slightly weird confessional for Emmanuel calling Kyle a chicken. But at least he's not a pussy chicken like George in this. And he also thinks he would beat Kyle in a hall brawl. No, that is not happening. Um, like. Do you think he, 
you think that's just ridiculous hype? Um, no, he's got a really inflated ego there based on the fact that he's not had to go in and you play quite a good game. Yeah, it was this weird thing to say. Like, he didn't even need to bring up Hall Brawl. He could have called Kyle a chicken and just left it there. And it kind of, like, it would have... I don't necessarily think that's the case because straight away last week, Carl said 70% Josh, 30% Emmanuel. He saw the thing and he decided, I can take on Josh in this. Um, so it made sense. But to say he's going to take him out in a hall brawl, maybe he would, but I'm not convinced. And it's this thing that we keep getting told Emmanuel's really good, but we've yet to really see it. Yeah. I, I don't doubt that he's a decent investor. Um, and also where I think he could win, is the rivals to Paul Brawl, where you've got a bit more space, and where he's got no, I think, I think the exceptionally dangerous that Paul did. Hold on, let me ask Tori about that. Wait, sorry. <laughs> That's such a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I the making the podcast really crash, crash. So anyway, yeah, I, I do, I hope there's another guys in the nation. I hope we get to see him go in at some point, actually, because I do, I don't want him to get into the final without it seeing one um but we then have a bit of a then have a bit of a couple of weird scenes actually where devin says he misses josh and he's going to demand that tory's felt that he's going home and emerald's had his first major hit and that he really sees a threat of ruby and sapphire teaming up against them do you do you think he's a bit paranoid here or can you see where he's coming from particularly around the amber and tory's fault that josh went home I, and we'll get to it later, I don't want to uh, tick off George Bingo when I'm not, when, when, you know, and jump ahead. I think he's having a weird couple of weeks. Um, this, uh, yeah, it's the last two weeks he was, he's, he's had weird moments and this week as well. I think the paranoia's, I mean, Kyle, again, not to jump ahead, Kyle talks about it later on, the, the game might be getting to him. And, you know, blames Amanda and Tory. Blaming Amanda seems like a strange one. All she did was move teams. Like, you can't then be like, oh, it's your fault that Josh went What, for moving teams? And then blame Tori, kind of get it a little bit because she did team up with CT, Ruby and Sapphire to take out Emerald. But he just, he seems unable to let go of this, of last week's daily, which he didn't even go home. Josh did, who, yeah, sure, he talks about being like an ally and a guy who thinks he could beat in a final if that if it comes to that. But at the same time, he's got a like, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's it's just Josh. <laughs> I have nothing better to add to that than it's just Josh. <laughs> so we're going to move it on. Um, so Kyle and Devin then plug it out, and Devin calls them Sapphire, which by the way is the most disgusting of all time. Um, and then Emmy and CP feel quite accepting Kyle that CP doesn't want him. Do you think? Sapphire now has three people. Do you think CT would just follow suit and try and get rid of Kyle again? Do you think he need, knows he needs at least three people to be Yeah, it seems a strange one. I mean, it's hilarious that CT says we need to have a team meeting and then leaves out literally a third of their team. <laughs> Whether we can have a team meeting, like, fair enough. Um, but, I don't know. He, he gonna, he's going to have to accept Kyle, isn't he? Because the only way he doesn't accept Kyle is if someone swaps places again. So I guess he's hoping that Logan swaps places, but I don't know, like, it's tough, man. It, 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 the, the thing that's actually what's going on, the thing I can see 
is uh, sorry, the thing I can't see is why is DT so definitely against Kyle? Because I know they've clashed a couple of times, but it's always been CT taking a shot and not Kyle taking a shot. Yeah, it's so weird that that seems to, and it seems to be ignored. Like even Kyle, even Kyle forgot to mention it. Like, and he was, a part of that is because CT said they weren't friends and he got very hung up on that, understandably so. Um, that I think he got so hung up on it that he forgot to say, well, hold on a second. You're the knobhead who's thrown me in three times before. Like I, you know, he met Kyle made another error in the daily last week. Don't want to keep going back to last week, but you know, he did make an error. Um, and so it was understandable why CT threw him in, but I just think he went too far CT by saying they're not friends. And then he's, he's now seems to have almost like he keeps calling Kyle a snake, but he seems to have forgotten that he's the one that keeps throwing him in. It's great. Like it must be great being CT. Yeah, uh, two, two things. One, don't worry about talking about last week because if you do it in that way, I can claim this is two in one podcast and then we've never missed an episode. All about efficiency. Um, I have one theory. I don't because I don't know the backstory behind this. But do you remember when CT gets eliminated on War of the Worlds one in that three-way ring wrestle? Yes, of course. Kyle won that, um, and then the guy he beat, JP. Uh, apparently, it, like, a few weeks ago, posted on Instagram about I could finally talk about what happened in that whole wrestle. Um, he seems it seems like he's trying to make something a bit of a conspiracy. I don't think there's much there. The only thing I can think of is if CT and Kyle had a deal to go after JP first, and then um, and Kyle actually didn't do that. But I've watched that back a few times. It doesn't look like he's done it, but I don't know if CT's talks that up enough in his head that he's now convinced himself of a false reality. That's my only yeah. theory. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as solid a theory as anything else because nothing else makes sense why CT seems to dislike Kyle so much. <laughs> Poor Kyle. Um, well, CT dislike, moves to dislike Kyle, but I'll tell you something Kyle doesn't dislike. Rocking a very weird combination of a leopard print shirt and bright red shorts as they head out to the boat party. Really tenuous segue, come back, Lee Mike. <laughs> Please, so hard without you. But it's happening on this boat party day, so but we get Nanny, a nice professional that she's excited about running a final with Casey. Yeah, wait, I'm going to hate Nanny for a bitch. Um, Nanny thinks she's um, in a good position to get there, though, and that this could be, uh, sorry, could this be her best chance to win? I think Nanny's played a very good social game. This season, and I just don't think she's at any risk at all. No, I, I mean, again, jumping ahead, she to a bit later on, there is a moment where where she um, sounds like she's a little bit worried. Um, but other than that, yeah, generally speaking, she's playing a good game. Whenever they've been in deliberation and stuff gone wrong, or whenever there's been anything going wrong, she's often the one to kind of speak up and be the friend of the person who's about to be not necessarily screwed over, but screwed over or, or thrown in or whatever. And she's always the one saying, no, look, you're, we really like you. And it's nothing to do with this. It's to do with this. And she's, she's playing peacemaker. And yeah, I think she's definitely looking strong um, in a, in a, in a, you know, uh, political game. And it's almost like having Casey there means she doesn't get drunk and sloppy. It's weird that. That's a very good point. Um, also, I've sort of weird like role reversal where I've realised what it must be like to try and keep me on track. So I've got that point written down later in the running order. 
God, I'm a nightmare. Um, the only other thing we really get on this boat was that Devin is still sore about Tori going against the last mission. Now, we all know I'm exceptionally biased about Devin, the handling of Holland, very hilarious. I do think he needs to let this one go. It's getting a bit dull hearing about it. Yes, yeah, and it won't be the last time we hear about it either. And he's just, he just really wants to reinforce the fact that he did not like the fact that Tory didn't try and help his team win, which, you know, all for teaming up and helping people even when they're not on your team. But he just, I don't know, like, yeah, he needs to, he needs to let it go. Do you listen to the um, Death, Taxes and Bananas podcast ever? No, I've never not actually listened to it. Okay, one is brilliant. Um, Johnny's actually getting a much better host than season one, but they have. You, have you watched the season with Marie yet? Because I know you, you must have actually. You've been about 30, 30, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So Cara's partner in Final Reckoning. Yeah, she yes. was the guest. She was the guest on the one two weeks ago, and she hates Devin. Like the entire thing is her slapping Devin, and she's actually quite. It's really. It's, not mean, it's just very, very funny. I don't imagine any of it hurt Devin, it's just her going on. But Johnny makes a really good point, which is um, if you want to see someone's true character, give them power. And everyone seems to be starting to go along the same lines here that Devin's let this power go to his head. Um, I don't, let's not go into that now because it's yeah. a, um, I, I think deliberations, that's not about that. Yeah, but I think. We are getting, he's getting a bit of a weird edit in the last couple of years. I don't know whether they're trying to move him more towards being a villain. Um, but guess we'll find out. Um, and now we head back to the house. There's so much setup in this episode. I've written that in the order. I think I got bored at this point with my own words. I can't imagine how I listen to that. Um, so, Ellie, this was interesting as well. Ellie tries to make violence to make peace. Kyle's hurt CP doesn't consider him a friend. I think we've kind of chatted about that enough, to be honest. But there's an interesting bit here, though, where Amanda calls out about getting this makeup isn't worth it. And just, do you agree? Do you think there's even any point trying? Or should they just shake hands and agree to try and win money and then shut up? Yeah, I mean, that probably would have been the best way to do it, um, which even then they don't actually seem to. Um, it's very, you know, it's very noble of, of Emmy to try and get them to be friends again. And I understand why she does it, because it's best for it's best for them if they can be. But And Amanda's the first one as well that calls out the fact that it's always, as we discussed before, that it's always CT. She's the first one that says, yeah, it's CT that's thrown in Gaia. Yeah, it's, it's really, I, I wish I it's a shame she's not still on Sapphire and he'd have said that to them directly, actually, because that would have been really funny. But just, we'll chat about this properly later. But I don't, think any, I don't think at any point in this season, CT has had any difficult conversations, any targets in dailies, anyone obviously not being an elimination. I know me and Brian discuss this all the time. And as you, Brian, or Brian, um, it just baffles me throughout the season. What are you doing with him? Are you just backing yourself to beat him because you've got more numbers in your team? I don't get it. Yeah, he's, his, his game is similar. And I, I guess you, you guys have said this before, that he often just sits back. You look at like War of the Worlds, I always get them confused. It's two, isn't it, where he ended up on the British team. Yes. And he, and he kind of, and, and every time he would just kind of sit there he would maybe lead the conversation, but he wouldn't say anything in it. And he would then like 
oh, wait till everybody else has voted and then Hand would go up, yeah, I'll vote for the person who's got the most votes kind of thing. And yeah, his game seems a bit like that again, like really passive. Like you talked about Corey being passive and it, but it doesn't work for him. But CT, he's such this imposing figure that he can get away with being passive and it still works for him. And then when he, and even when he isn't passive, which he wasn't with Kyle, he's still sort of passive because he won't just like have it out. Like it's, it's all, all very strange. I completely agree. The other, the only other thing I think is different though is in War of the Worlds 2, he was, let's call it, he was out of shape. And yeah. At least it's fat and he would have smashed my head and eaten it. So I would have made him fat. Um, but that, that's the only reason I can explain it in War of the Worlds 2. There was such a stacked cast. Yeah. He actually, and he was out of shape. He could fly under the radar. This one, he is back in shape and is far and away the next best competitor. If you're going to rank everyone evenly, CT would be one, the next best competitor would be like number 12. There'd just be a huge, there'd be like absolute gap between us. I know this has come up probably in every challenge article, every podcast we've done, but I don't understand. I'm so confused. Yeah, Brian, you know, gets annoyed every week when he's on here that they still haven't taken a shot at CT. But I mean, he's he's not wrong, is he? Like, not a single shot across the bow at CT, and there can be no like, oh, what if he comes back in and he guns for me? Because there's like, what's there's nothing for him to gain from gunning for you, other than if his team happen to win, he votes you in. But you never know what's going to happen anyway, so you might go in anyway. The votes aren't one one person one like it's one person one vote. It's not voting as a team. So even if he decides to go after you, it doesn't mean the rest of his team will. Like, but no one has taken a shot all season. It's it's very interesting. I think the only person who might have is Corey. I, I think that's the only the and I, I'm probably giving him too much credit, but I think he was on the Bananas podcast as well. And he legitimately said his only chance of winning was when CZ and Johnny aren't on the season. So at least yeah. he knows. But um, someone else who wants an answer. Yes, nailed it. Um, Devin and Tori <laughs> also look for hash out their issues. So Tori wants Devin to apologize. Effectively, I think we're just saying that Tori tried to screw him over. Um, and Devin says he doesn't respect someone who blindly plays the game. Before we go into what they actually said, was this, was this after an all-night drinking session? Devin looks hammered, and it's at dawn. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's after they've been on the boat, so it's possible they just carried on drinking all day, and then... <laughs> oh, crap, I bet it was sunset, not sunrise. I've got such a stupid... <laughs> yeah, I think that says more about your drinking, George. Than yeah, that that's... Um... <laughs> If Levi, can you please edit that one out for me, buddy? <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this com- this conversation was really, really weird to me. I, I just I actually talked this one, but like Devin, just let it go. I don't think you should ever get mad at someone for playing their own game. No, no, exactly. And he's done it himself plenty of times and whatever. And he's, you know, he basically he basically says he doesn't respect Tory because he says, I don't respect anyone who plays the game for them or something. You know, he says he doesn't respect anyone who plays the game without thinking about others or, or, or without thinking about consequence or whatever. And she's just, all she wants is a fucking apology because <laughs> he upset her. And he's like, no, I don't apologize to people I've upset. <laughs> uh, I 
sometimes apologize before I do dumb shit. Apologies, <laughs> apologies are really easy. Just swallow, yeah. your, swallow your pride, say sorry, and then screw over later because I've had you do. <laughs> exactly. Ap- apologizing to a, to someone who you keep saying is a friend because you've upset them is like you know. I know that we that in you know in society, oh, don't say sorry unless you you mean it. But sometimes if your friend is upset at something you've done, whether you actually think you've done anything wrong or not, it's not the word the end of the world if you just say the words. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I was a I was a knob. Yeah. I wonder if Americans know what the word knob means. Um, <laughs> really hope they do. Actually, no, I really hope they don't because that'll be that much funnier. It's a penis. Um, and I think Devin gets a very weird national where he says, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool him once. Yeah, fool me once, and shame will be me, and then the shame will not be on me. He said, What are you talking about? What was having any reason? Like, you know, it doesn't. I'm going to be fooled again? I don't know. Nobody fooled him. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, well, I don't expect you to um, unpack that. I just remember that quote. I had to go, I had to go back three times and go, what are you talking about? But anyway, the big part of that is Devin won't apologise. Uh, someone else who actually won't apologise is Logan. Um, but we don't see this kind of weird chat. And this is when I start to get worried about Big P. Um, but they have a chat about the final coming, and Big T has been given a second chance in this game. But Logan, but she's afraid of losing it. And Logan says something, and I don't know if I heard this right, but it sounds like Logan says, You haven't prepared yourself not to lose, and is being a bit mean to her. Or did I misjudge that entirely? Yeah, I mean, she, so she says, What did she say? She says, I don't want to lose. And then he says, Like, prepare, then prepare yourself not to lose. As like, yeah, I don't know. I think he, I think you're right. I think maybe he is saying, I didn't actually realize that it's a good shout. He's basically saying that you are so underprepared that you are going to lose. Um, or uh, yeah, unless he's being nice and he's just saying your mindset is that you're going to lose, so maybe change your mind. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good shout, that, actually. I didn't even think about it, but it just seemed really mean and big team had no reaction. So I, I, I might have met this after being wrong, but. I just I wanted to mention that there's a much bigger opportunity to talk about Big T later, so I think we'll hold off on that for now. Sure. I set the alarm bells off that I'm going to be jumping words and like, oh, speaking of alarm bells, the alarm goes off in the house, and we now have the last heading off to their daily mission. So let's head over to DJ to see what kind of cookie hygiene the gang will be getting up to today. Today's mission is called Million Dollar Heist. <laughs> Each cell has $1 million of cold, hard cash locked in a vault. When I say go, using two duffel bags per cell, you are going to transfer that money from your vault all the way to one of those badass SUVs across the way. The first cell to successfully transfer $1 million from their vault to their SUV will win today's mission and become our agency. It will be the only cell safe from elimination while everyone else is on the chopping block. All right, good luck, agents. Let's go. So now I've segued us over to the daily mission. Did you have a segue you wanted to talk about? Yes, you also said the segue there was as smooth as Tori and being in the kitchen. She said, oh, how many challenges do we really have left? And then the alarm magically went off as if she hadn't at all been set up for that. 
Oh, I would love to be an editor for this show, not to actually do it. I just see where I could splice it and make everyone look as cheesy as possible. I think that'd be hilarious. <laughs> so TJ's explained what the gang are getting up to today. So effectively, you've got a million dollars in a safe, and you have to transfer it in two duffel bags to a badass SUV. TJ, the car salesman, is not quite as good as TJ, the evictor, but um, <laughs> just like, ah, oh, sir, you get to trade in that non-badass SUV for this super-badass SUV. This car, this SUV, can carry a million pounds in one-dollar notes. <laughs> that was my point, yeah. So, a million dollars is apparently really heavy, 2,000 pounds. Do you want to hear a stupidest reaction I had at this stage? Because I was quite drunk when I was watching this game. It really fucks up the exchange rate there. It's much closer to like eight hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Because I thought they were talking about sterling. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was a bit silly. But I mean, to go at least if you win this challenge, you can go to the strip club and really make it rain. Speaking of strip clubs, we now get back to Emerald, which is uh, Levi's favourite stripper. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so. Well, it's, it's quite a simple mission, isn't it? Um, it it's lugging shit from point A to point B. Um, did you, what did you think of this? Did you think that it was going to be another clean street for Emerald because they got the numbers? Were you excited to see what happened there? Talk me through your thoughts, Brian. Brian? I mean, first of all, I thought it was nice that they included um, a, uh, a challenge where they used the entire budget that they normally have for helicopters just and used it as a as part of the challenge. Um, but yeah, I was going to say to you, like, when are we getting the challenge that restricts Emerald because they have more numbers? Like, is that ever coming now? Or we just got to accept that every week the chances are that Emeralds are going to win? Yeah, so the only one I had here was only giving them two duffel bags and a bit of an equaliser. That's my only thought. Yeah, it certainly made it an equaliser. You, you, I guess that, that is true, but, you know... It still meant that they had more people to carry them. It still meant, I mean, you look at, you only have to look at like Ruby as a really, you know, the, the opposite example. And Ruby were really like, they were really messy. They were trying to, and obviously it was partially to do with their technique, but because they were messy in their technique, they didn't have an extra person to clean up all their mess. Whereas if Emerald had done the same and just shoved, tried to shove everything and everything had fallen on the floor, well, you know, Nanny can go around picking it up or Amanda can do that or, or, or you know, anyone. Whoever's not carrying a bag or filling a bag, they've basically got the, that extra person, which meant that, yeah, sure, you're, you're right, the, the two duffel bags kind of made it closer, which is why Sapphire got so close. But it was never going to be that close. No, it's a good point. You've got actually. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Even I just realised I got Ruby and Sapphire mixed up. Like, yeah. You knew what I meant. I was going to come up there with that anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that you've got you've got four roles for this, which is packing and carrying. But which you can do with three people. But you're right. The um, the actual like just preparing it would be interesting. And the thing, what, what would you have had a different strategy to anyone in this mission? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Other than having someone to like, other than yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't think that there there necessarily was, unless you put more distance between the duffel bags and taking the money out 
and putting it in more, you, you know, uniformly. But I'm not sure that they necessarily was a, a better strategy. Did you did you have one in mind? The, the only thing is, one, are you also allowed to carry the money? Yeah, so I, I, yes, I did have okay. that thought, especially towards the end where it was so close. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I imagine they were told they weren't, but we didn't hear it. And I, I'm such a nerd, because I, I love it when someone thinks around corners in a mission and does something completely different. I would really be fascinated just to see a full list of rules for every mission, which they either publish after the episode or something. Um, yeah. But I really like like wargaming problems. And I think it'd be so interesting what they would actually be able to do and what they didn't think of versus what they could. Because the other one I had, you, does your team need to stay together? Because if they don't, it seems really stupid to pack two bags and then go together. Because if you yeah. have, take, take Ruby for example, You've got um, three pretty strong run runners there in Tory, Logan, and Nelson. So I would just get as many people to pack one bag, send Nelson, get the others to pack the bag, send Tory or send Logan, for example, and then have the two people left prepping the money to go straight in the bag when they're back. And because you've got Tory, Nelson, and Logan, they're actually doing one sprint, two sprints in a row, sorry, and then having a rest. And it's like, yeah. if they didn't have something, that to me is the biggest missed opportunity if you were allowed to walk in this. Yeah, again, I think that that's spot on, actually. But like you say, with the, the hidden rules that we don't know, it does seem that they probably had to go as a team because that, although then again, like, you know, Ruby sent um, Big T oh, on the head yeah. to, to dive into a car. Probably should have picked the right one, Big T, but, you know, it was a... As a as a strategy, it was a, it was interesting. Um, yeah. So so maybe they didn't have to stay together, and maybe just no one thought of it. It's a really good point. Um, but unfortunately, we'll never know, and because we'll never know, I'm going to assume they were allowed to split up, and I'm smart to have on the challenge. Um, actually, that's, I, like, that's like being king of the toddlers, isn't it? <laughs> Possibly my favourite part um, of of this uh, of the task was uh, Nelson at the beginning go got 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 the phrase. It's so close we can smell it, talking about the final, and put up or shut up. And he got both of those right in one like sentence. Like he said them both and managed to not get either of them wrong. And I was like, wow, we've got I mean, that genuinely made me think, oh, maybe his maybe his losing streak is coming to an end today. Like he's so on it with his sayings that perhaps this is the moment. <laughs> oh well, you know, you know why his speech is getting better? It's because um Corey's four-year-old daughter, Ryder, has been tutoring him. They've been learning their, <laughs> been learning their ABCs together. Um, I, I, you brought us on to it now. Um, actually, no, not quite yet. We'll wait for a bit there. There's, there's a couple of weird other things in here. So we'll start with the silliest one. Emmanuel didn't know you could print that much items. Like, has he ever read a book? Um, <laughs> but to quite a big buddy. <laughs> Imagine if he went into a library. Blow his mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the more specific one, let's talk. So there's a, another weird conventional thing in CT saying hired as like a broken mirror. It bad luck follows him everywhere. No, it doesn't. You keep screwing him over. You're the bad luck. <laughs> yeah, there's a few times in this. He blames Kyle when they're when they're piling the money in the duffel bag seemed unnecessary he seems to get more and more annoyed with him as the, there's a moment where they like they put they're putting the money in the car and Kyle says something to him about make sure it doesn't fly out and he screams I know Kyle 
And then like two seconds later, he tells Cal to close the door. He's only doing what, like, it's like, so he just seems to get more and more annoyed at him as this task goes on for very little reason. Yeah, I, I think CT is a pretty, this isn't even exactly a hot take, right? He's a pretty terrible user. Um, he blames people and things aren't going wrong. Like, final reckoning, it was Veronica's fault that they got purged, but he really went at it. Um, I'm trying to think there if there's anything where it has been his fault. War of the Worlds 2, he constantly gets frustrated with the UK team. Like, there's a couple of dailies where he shouts, you guys are falling apart again. He's meant to be this puzzle master, and then on the tipping challenge, he didn't do it, and got annoyed with his team. Like, he's obviously talented. I don't think he's the best team I don't think he's the greatest teammate. He's obviously not a bad one. I do think he's got a tendency to fly off the handle. Well, for edge position to play. He's got himself a bit under control, but he has got that tendency below, and that probably makes him quite a challenging teammate. So one of everyone thought would be a challenging teammate was Amanda. But she seemed to really earn Emerald's respect in this challenge, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, she's, I mean, again, like it's an interesting challenge on the fact that, you know, if you're a CT or a Nelson or, you know, a Manuel, you know your role in that is going to be like getting a bag, freaking, you know, running as fast and as, and as hard as you can and then coming back and doing the same again. But people like Amanda are in a tricky situation in that task where it's like, what can they do? But she's really positive throughout. She's she's really like making an impact, making an effort, um, like bagging things up, picking things off the ground, just, you know, the positive reinforcement. I mean, even Casey says it. She's like, oh, Amanda's being positive. I, that's right. Amanda is being positive, which is like partially condescending. <laughs> but like, you know, she, she kind of also got a point. And like, yeah, she's... So she's she's not got loads to do in this task because it's quite difficult for for, for some people to really have, and especially again because they had so many numbers, they almost had spare people. Like yeah. <laughs> they almost had too many people. Um, um, but no go. Oh, sorry, you've actually brought up quite an interesting one there. Is that Emerald obviously went with that strategy? Devin says that we're going to take as few trips as possible, and they seem to have two people on one bag, whereas everyone else is put on their back and is running with it. That was, that was dumb to me. I don't think that's the best way to do it. I think you can actually... There's a really good daily in Vendettas just after Devin sends Bananas home where Brad and Nelson are carrying these points together. Kyle and Zach are doing it by themselves and Kyle and Zach yeah. absolutely smashed them. I don't get why you would use two because there's only... That being rude, if you're getting Amanda or Nanny to help you carry something, they're not going to have a great increase in the volume of weight the net gain the net gain of actually using that is probably slower than actually um, just taking it and running it and being able to get them to run with you but I'm clearly wrong because Emerald wins oh spoilers <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you're right again like I guess it would it would if you had Amanda and Nanny taking your bag it's quicker than Amanda or Nanny taking a bag. But having yeah. but having Emmanuel and Nanny take a bag isn't quicker than just having Emmanuel taking a bag, right? Yeah. The uh, the interesting thing there, though, it brings on to the last bit of the daily I want to discuss before I go back to the healing person one, because I haven't yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've only got Devin and Emmanuel to carry, right? And Devin... 
It didn't seem as bad as Nelson says it was later in the deliberation, but he did seem a bit knackered. Yeah, they they obviously focused on it and made a point of it. Maybe so Nelson can say it. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he also isn't like... He's not dying, you know. Even Nelson, even Nelson, a bit later on, has a moment where he's a bit, where he, where he looks a bit tired, and you know he's, he's a bit sluggish. But yeah, he's, he's 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 not, you know, he's not dying on his feet. He's not. Um, I'm, I'm terrible at remembering because I watched them all so quickly. I'm terrible at remembering. Yeah. It's not, not, like, not, not like Brad and Nelson when they burn out. Actually, sorry, it's Brad who completely burns out. Yeah, or I'm thinking like uh, Paulie in that final where he's completely. <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's not—he's not that dead. But he's—he's he's obviously he's struggling a little bit. But uh, so so be it. Yeah, I, so the thing is, I actually didn't really notice Devon was struggling until it's directly referenced. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know how heavy two thousand pounds is in kilograms? Not sure. No. <laughs> so I've just done it. That's why I wasn't being rude ignoring you by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Just over 900 kilograms, so you're talking close to a metric ton. Um, that is a lot because those bags were quite big. So I'm trying to work out how heavy each bag was. I reckon they probably had to do about between 10 and 20 trips here, maybe. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah, and again, the edit's weird because there's a moment where they're like, oh, we're not. That far off kind of thing, and then they show the the uh, show the uh, vault, and it looks like half full still. <laughs> yeah, it would actually it would have to be closer to twenty. You could carry ninety kilograms on your back is counterproductive. Oh yes, or, yeah, yeah. Forty five for a thirty second run hurts, but it's doable. Yeah, sixty pushing it. No, yes, yeah, so I reckon they had they probably had closer to twenty to between. 25 and 30 trips, I would say, doing that. Yeah, probably. So this, probably like so this challenge probably went on for a while, actually. Um, anyway, before we finish and find out who won, um, what did you think? What do you think of this mission overall? Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, you know, it's um, we we've had over the years the kind of mini finals a few weeks before the final. And CT alludes to it in the sense that uh, not CT <laughs> TJ alludes to it. Sorry, getting my uh, <laughs> get my short and uh, <laughs> TJ alludes to it when he says, you know, oh my, fi- you know, the finals. This is just a, a taste of what the final will be. Um, it's a lot of running. Uh, Shock. Without- <laughs> sorry. Shock. <laughs> Shock. Yeah, yeah. And the task was a lot of running without much like puzzlement to it. But it was, you know, it was, it was a decent task. Um, not convinced. I don't know if we we ever thought that the winner would be anything different to who the winner's going to be. Even though Nelson at one point says, "There's no way we should lose." Um, I'm not sure if you've met yourself, Nelson, or you know your record, but I think there is a way that you could lose. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it, it was all right. It wasn't it wasn't like super dramatic or anything. Uh, they tried to make some drama towards it when the team who are winning are getting towards the end, and Tory shouts, "But they still have to put it in the car." It's, it's really easy. That bit yeah. is so. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, not a big team when you're in the wrong car, but yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. Unless you get in the wrong car and stay there for longer than you should have done. Um, it's it's the, the bit about fitting money in a car is quite simple. 
Yeah. I agree with everything you said. The only thing I'd add is I enjoy they were all going at the same time in this one as well. I really, I really yes. like the finals anyway. Like, I don't think there's really been a bad one. But I did like everyone competing simultaneously as well. That's the only other thing I'd add to your wonderful analysis. Line. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. All right. And then with no further ado, I forgot what this channel is called. So we're going to go and find out from TJ who won it. Because I didn't say earlier. Great mission today, agents. You all crushed it. This is just a little taste of what's to come in my final. Emerald Cell, absolutely killing it. Once again, congratulations. Oh yeah, baby. For the fifth time, well done. You are now the agency. I need you to compromise one female agent to send into the lair, while everyone else is on the chopping block. It's getting tight, we're getting down to the end. Good luck. So. Ryan, if I save the number 50, what does that mean to you? Sorry, Georgia. <laughs> you, <missed that. laughs> you say what to me? If I save the number 50 to you, what do you instantly think of? 50? Think of half a, half a century? <laughs> Fair. When I think of the number 50, that is now the number of daily missions in a row Nelson has lost. Is it actually? It hit 50, it hit 50 this week. Um, shout out to a friend of, friend of the pod, R.I.P. Grant, and last film's Alan Hira. Um, it's 50. He did the max. He had a 99.99% chance of winning one daily in that time. Right? Like, he should have won at least one. That is, especially now it's gone down to teams. And there were team challenges on Tyson Magnus. That is unbelievable. The last challenge he won was in Vendetta. Don't even how how do you go that long? I think if an average man, and I'm talking about myself here, <laughs> went into the challenge and was not and, and wasn't, you know, wasn't allowed to be eliminated. So I mean every single challenge that Nelson's in, I'd fancy my chances at least winning one of them. Surely. Exactly. So in this case, Sydney, how is Kyle the broken mirror when Nelson hasn't won? Yeah. It's, it's baffling. Poor Nelson. Do you want to place a friendly little wager? <laughs> is it, how many is it going to get to? Uh, when, when is he going to win? I mean, he legitimately could get to the end of this series without winning another daily. There's potentially only one left. Because there's potentially only one left. He could also win a... He could win the series. Wow. <laughs> Going 51 challenge 51 dailies in a row without winning. Oh, be amazing! Like it's a guy's day next next week. We assume, even if his team don't win, he either goes up against Logan or doesn't go up against anyone because he avoids it. Um, yeah, I he could genuinely win without getting getting a win in 51 goes, couldn't he? Yeah, I mean, okay, so there's about, probably, let's say an average, because the season's getting longer, 16, 17 missions in a season, right? I think he'll, I still think it's a while away, I think he will win 
I don't think he'll reach 68 game missions. I'm giving him another 18. I'm giving him one full season of missions to win one. I I would go further. I don't think he'll reach 60 without winning one, but then who knows? Like, honest to God. Well, if um, you know, if, if your odds of winning get better as the season goes on because there's more people at the start. Um, yeah, honestly, at this point, if I was Nelson, I'd beg everyone to like, please let me win. I, I won't. I'll volunteer to go into elimination even if I'm the winning team, but please give me a daily win. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you look back at him letting Logan win, which saved him that week, but, you know, was it worth it? <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a really good point, actually. Um, speaking <laughs> uh, of idiots, we now head back to the house for my favourite idiot's birthday. Happy birthday, Kyle. I'm very, very happy for you. Um, I was going to sing, but I can't be asked. So, and also, he <laughs> hasn't been on the pod yet. Right, Kyle, if you come on the pod, I'll say happy birthday to you. And then you'll probably leave straight away when I do that, actually. But yeah, this looks fun. Um, I can't fucking believe Cars only 29. That's ridiculous. Um, it looks like it looks like Devon Pan's a pretty good party. A bit more cars up, a bit more cars are than I was expecting to see, but you know what? It's quite a nice fun. Um, Big T can't do a Scottish accent at all, but I then asked where the haggis is. I'm pretty sure they're cross-mixing cultural things here, because aren't they Irish river dancing at one point? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess Scott have Kaylee dancing, but I don't know how close that is. But it was all a bit weird. I mean, the the homemade kilts, which were just plaid t-shirts, uh, were, were were a fun, you know, addition. So, it seemed like a good night. It did. It did. I, uh, I I I don't have much to say about this scene. I just I, I enjoyed it. It looked like they were having fun. I'm glad Carl had a good birthday. Um, yeah, and he says he says it's nice to feel loved, which you know. Yeah. In a, you know, especially in his current situation where he's arguing with a teammate, it's probably quite a nice relief. Yeah, that's a very good point. Didn't see much of CT in the party scene. Not really surprised about that one. Um, <laughs> the only bit of like action we get here, which has consequences to the game, is Big T says she's sick of being a weak link and wants to go in. Um, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I guess if she's just being a bit self-aware, she's already been technically knocked out. She's probably, fe- I mean, she says it herself, um, doesn't she, that she wants to prove that she belongs, deserves to be there, I guess because she has been eliminated already. Um, she's probably feeling a bit down. Look, the, the, the women left are very good women. You know, Emmy's proved to be brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. Tori is, is a good competitor, if maybe a bit, um, you know, over over-egged um, her, her, her skills, but she's still good. Nani is extremely experienced and, and is very good. And, you know, Casey is obviously... I'm, I'm probably missing someone. Uh, and, and Casey is obviously a beast. So, you know, to be the yes. weak link... To be the weak link out of all of them... Oh, Amanda as well, of course, yeah. Um, is also very good. To be the weak link out of everyone isn't necessarily an insult. And it's difficult to get past the fact that she probably is. I think that's a really, really good point. Now, I, I also, this is where I started, actually, I started thinking of it earlier. This is when I was kind of thinking, yeah, I think Big T's over this um, season. Um, yeah. And we'll discuss it probably later on uh, about like her whole career. But I think no one's been exceptionally mean to her, but there's been a few comments. And I know those can build up. I mean, obviously, the Chance House escalates every emotion you're feeling. I think 
she was being very clever here and be like, I want to go home, so I'm just going to take this in my own stride. Yeah, and then if you win, then maybe you get the boost that you need. Well, yeah. if you just carry on just surviving because you haven't been thrown in, you probably just, those those thoughts probably carry on. Yeah. This is yeah. Cool. Sorry, I was going to say, because the additional thing that happens to this is when she says she wants to go in, everyone is like, don't fucking have the emeralds. And it's another rejection on top of that as well. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I actually, I don't disagree with people's views of her as a competitor at this point. You're right. It's a, now there's not really a weak link left in the girls. They're all good at their own, they're all good at certain things. Um, oh, sorry, except for Nanny, who's care about everything. God, I hope you're happy to make you do this I hate every second of it. Almost as much as I hate Nanny. Um, but the context when I was just listening, Levi likes to pretend I really hate Nanny. I'm missing, so I'm really delighted here. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, that's the additional thing on top of it. Um, that she just feels a bit rejected by being she wants to go home. We then, um, we then make that discussion about Amanda wanting to put Tori in, but Devin doesn't want to be to you coming over. And then we get our second Devin and Tori conversation for the episode. Um, it's brilliant, just brilliant content. Oh, yeah, so good. I'm so bored of this now. Um, just say, if, Devin <laughs> said, if Devin had said sorry and not meant it earlier, I wouldn't have to sit through all of these fucking scenes. But Tori actually doesn't want to go in. She says that if she goes in, her friendship is over. Agree with uh, I'm on Tori's side here. The only thing from here is that she says she she says she's looked out for everyone on Emerald Cell. So why would they throw her in? Earlier, she says she helped Sapphire for her own game. Like everyone in this program is a hypocrite, but it really grates me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like you say, everyone's a hypocrite, but there's certain moments where it's very obvious how hypocritical they be. It's so, so true. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, I, I just don't care anymore. Um, so actually, at this point, I'd be like, oh, I've tried to it's fine. It's just, it's just <laughs> uh, actually, I'm sorry, this is, this is not a segue, but this is how we're going to move on. I actually wrote here, I literally don't care enough to discuss this. So we're going on to do it liberations. I've also written, God, this is a long episode. <laughs> Good though, actually. A lot happened, it was just when they had to write out shit. So there's actually quite a lot of, a lot of stuff that happened in this episode, in this um, deliberation. So that's one of the things I like. Um, Emmy starts off by saying she was smashed head with great bones, uh, doesn't want to go down, but if she does, she will. Someone's been hanging out with Uncle CT, right? It's like when you're, um, I imagine it was like if you've got kids and you send them off with your favorite uncle and they come back swearing the entire time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much sounds right. Yeah, and then Big T again lays out wanting to go in and wants to infiltrate um, Emerald. And this was weird. Casey then, for the second time this episode, tries to show some personality and absolutely fails, saying she'd be living if Big T came over. But she uses the line because everything's settled and she doesn't keep changing things. Like, come on, Casey. Like, you know what? Yeah, so, so Nanny also says, um, says that same bullshit earlier on in the one moment where she sounds like she's a bit worried. Which is obviously before Big T says that if she, because Big T says if she goes in, she'll infiltrate Amanda. Yes. But earlier, when Big T and Tori are talking, Nanny talks to Emmanuel and says, "Oh, if she, um, she's going to win. If Big T wins, she'll infiltrate." And then she says, uh, "And it sounds like she's worried that she'll take her spot." 
And she says, oh, I don't want anyone to infiltrate because it will ruin the team dynamic. It's like, come on, guys. You don't care about the team dynamic. Let, let's be honest. You just don't think that Big T is good enough. Slash, you like your team. Like, that's okay. That's okay to like your team. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. And you said it way better than Casey said it. <laughs> <laughs> just so beige. We then get, they get a nice, I think you mentioned this earlier, so I'll just touch it quickly. Nanny then says very nicely, look, this is personal to Big T. And I do, I do like that. Um, she's done it a couple of times now. And I think it's just, it's just Nanny keeping the peace and trying to lessen the sting of being sent in by your housemates. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying as well about everything piles up on you. Like any, you know, Nanny's going to know that as well as anybody else. She's been on so many seasons. And it just seems like, I don't want to say necessarily the mummy of the group, but just, it's just nice and caring to be like, to, to you know, to give this, to have these nice comments occasionally just come through. Nanny's been on more seasons than everyone left from the girl side combined. Jamie, imagine what would be close. Um, yeah, probably. She's probably on about 15, 16. Um, oh, I don't care if you work it out. Someone tell me. Um, <laughs> but we then get a bit of a weird thing of the guys trying to steal the spotlight of the girls' week. And this conversation is strange. So if I've forgotten anything, jump in with it. But I think you get Devin and Nelson start clashing. Nelson says Devin is a bad competitor. Nelson only thinks Devin can manipulate people and only only has his word is basically what Devin sums up as, and Devin is only winning because he's got the numbers. Devin then does what I'm shocked he's not having at all in this season. He says, you're just jealous because I've been sat here five times and you haven't been sat there once. And that, then this really escalates where Nelson says, um, your own teammates don't want you. You died today. They don't want you in your team. Like, I've not seen Nelson and Devin clash. I know they've been joking around with it, but I've not seen them like, go head-to-head yet. No, and I think what's also like, I'm, I rewatched this with Thien a second time because, like, Devin's kind of right that he gets annoyed that Nelson says, oh, all you can do, all you've got is your words or whatever. And I would also, like, be annoyed. Devin knows he's not the best physical specimen, but to say all he's got is his words is a bit far. So I rewatched it. Nelson's original line is he's going to use his words because that's what he's good at. He doesn't say that's what that's all he's good at. He just says that's what he's good at, which, like, that's not an insult. <laughs> and Devin straight away is like, oh, an insult sandwich. It's like, it's not actually insulting you. He said you'll go, he's going to use his words because that's what he's good at, which is true. So he jumps very quickly. Now, obviously, later, Nelson, or not later, but ju- Further in that conversation, Nelson does say, yeah, all you've got is your words. You were dying out there. Nobody wants you. Takes it too far. But that's only after they've clashed. Devin's initial jump, it's like, and this goes to what, you know, Kyle says. He thinks that the power's got to Devin's head. This is what I was saying earlier on about, like, the last few weeks, he's made some strange mistakes. When Amanda said, oh, Josh told me that, that Tory's the dispensable one in the group, Devin was like, nah, I can't imagine that Josh would have said that. Josh, of course, <laughs> would have said something stupid. Like, it's really weird that he's 
and and I think that was like that was first mistake. Then he's getting in the argument with Tory. Now he's doing this. It's just like there's loads of little things that are starting to you know show a few cracks in the in the Devon master plan. <laughs> Oh, God, here's that. That was a sentence ago, the interesting, we'll unpack this a little bit more, actually. Um, the line, no one on your team wants you. Do you see any weight behind that? Because I've not heard anything throughout the season like that, but we obviously, we hear so little of what goes on in the terms of Yeah, so we haven't, like you say, we haven't had any conversations to that end. And I'm not sure that that would be the case. I mean... They don't have, you know, it's it's him, you know. Yeah, I can't imagine that they that they, that that's the case. I mean, you know, we you you guys, you and Brian had the debate about who's in charge a few weeks ago, and it seemed to, you know, you couldn't work out whether it was still Devon pulling the strings or Josh. And I think it was a bit of it was probably a bit of both. Now they've lost Josh. They probably look towards Devon for some of their strategy, um, yeah. you know. And he's good at puzzles and he's not the worst physically like in the world. He's not terrible. He's not going to completely fall off a cliff, which I think he showed, you know, he was struggling a little bit towards the end, but he's not like we said, like we've said, he wasn't dying. He didn't do it poorly. Is that what you actually yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He isn't poorly. Um, or certainly he wasn't in that, that maybe he would be in a final. We don't know. I can't imagine at this point, after all their wins, after all the weeks they've been together, that anyone in that team is like, yeah, we want to get rid of him. You made me think of something really interesting as you. One, Casey should be in charge of that team. I know she's boring, but she is arguably one of the best social players I've seen on the channel for a long time. Two, I didn't realise how much losing Josh made everyone so much weaker. And I mean physically weaker. Josh is a big boy. Josh is a big guy. He... If Josh was on this daily mission instead of either Devonir or Emmanuel, they would have walked it because Josh could easily carry that big that big bag by himself and run it endlessly. He he's got pretty good endurance and he's yeah. very good at just being a big dumb block to put stuff on and let him run between bases. If the final has a carry, you know, the only reason I thought it was two seven or close to final, if there's a carrying moment for the final. That could be problematic if you've got Devin and Eman well. Casey could probably hold her own. But Nanny or Amanda are going to struggle with that because they're lighter and the height difference is terrifying. So taking out Josh is that's really, really weak and memorized. Yeah, it's gone from uh, it's only Josh earlier in this episode to uh, actually that's a, it's a really good point. Like they've they've lost muscle, they've lost strength. Yeah. Josh was Easily the biggest guy in that team. Apart from Kyle, I think Josh is probably the tallest guy in the house. I think he's a bit taller than DC. I uh, know Logan's taller than that, actually. Logan's quite big. But he's probably the bulkiest. Yeah. Just thought that was, um, that was quite interesting. And then, sorry, actually, anything else to say with Devin and Nelson Clash? No, I think, I think that's all I've got, actually. Yeah. I've been really like that. I'm now just like, come on, boys, it's the girls' elimination. Shut up. Yes, yeah. The only other thing I'll add is when Nanny said that, it cuts the full on picture of Devin's face and a really, really sly, sardonic smirk. Strong illustrations. But he, I wonder if he's aware of what he's doing. 
and he realizes there is now a huge gap in the challenge to be the main villain. Yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, he probably also thinks that getting into um, getting into Nelson's head is not the worst thing in the world, uh, and riling him up a little bit, which is probably why he overreacts to what he says initially, is because he wants Nelson to partially, you know, salt, spread the spread the seeds for the the next guy elimination. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but. Everything else, we were right about everything else as well. Easy house. I don't think there was ever any questions going to be anyone else. Um, this then gets interesting. Emmy then gets really annoyed at Emmanuel. And if it started, I had no idea why. I couldn't explain it. Then, when she explained it, I was like, oh shit, I completely see Emmy's point. Emmy's under, I, I've always been dubious about whether Emmy really understands the game or Steph didn't tell her what to do. And I think she, after this scene, she clearly understands it better than I thought. She calls out, she completely war games who's going to call who out and now she's in danger. Yeah. Did you think it was quite interesting to hear that Emmy unpack who is voting for who and why she's in trouble? Yeah, it was, yeah, you're right. It was, it, was, it was really interesting. You know, we've, we've been entertained by Emmy all season and she's been good in, in dailies and she's been good in eliminations, as we know. But there has been that question of, is she really clever in the game or is she really dumb in the game? And it hasn't always... And it's swung one week to the other. You're never quite sure. But yeah, in that short thing, she definitely unpacked it extremely well. And Emmanuel picked a hose before bros. No offence. Tory, not a hoe, um, no slut shaming. Um, <laughs> Ryan just likes to ride there. Um, <laughs> that, that, that was going to be my next point. Do you side with Emmy though? Do you think Emmanuel should have voted with Tory? I would, I would say that he probably hasn't fully considered what voting in, not voting in Tory means for his friend. Um, he probably also thinks that his friend can eliminate Big T. Uh, and lastly, if he changes his vote, does it? Do we think it makes that much difference? I guess um, Emmy, as good as she is at unpacking, in unpacking this, she's probably quite emotional. She knows which way Emmanuel has voted because he probably was willing to give that information up. But it doesn't necessarily mean the rest of the team did. And so, if he votes Tory, does Tory go in? I'm not convinced, and I'm also not convinced. She says, "Oh, if you'd have persuaded them, they'd have gone with you." Not totally convinced they would have done. Yeah, I, I don't think Emmanuel's got that much power in the team. I think it's like Devin and Casey pulling the shots and everyone else will do what they say. So I think Emmanuel is a lone vote. He probably, he's probably headstrong enough to vote the way he would want if he wanted to, yeah. but I don't think he can sway the rest of the team. So yeah, no. I completely agree. But also, really good scene. I just love the game chat. Um, and from game chat to nice chat, that this is probably a big team is really sweet. Like, I, I think big team is resigned herself to going home um, and then Tori went in to check on her. It was quite nice. Um, yeah, do you think there was an ulterior motive there or do you think um, it was just Tori actually checking in on her? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can be cynical and say, well, she was just trying to make sure she didn't go in, but I think Big T was always going to choose whoever. It didn't really make much difference. So I think, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to believe it's just a nice chat. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. We'll get a bit of a um, anyway, they have their nice big chat before the elimination. Speaking of eliminations, um, we all head down to the lair. Oh my god, it's still called the lair. It feels like two seasons ago now. Fuck's sake. 
Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I actually haven't noticed this yet. The shot of them all walking up one side of the ramp to the top is actually quite cool. No, no analysis needed there, just like how it looks. So instead of hearing us chat about crap, which I've really lost my train of thoughts now, to be honest, it's been going on for a while. Um, let's head down to TJ Big T and find out who's Big T is going to face in elimination. All right, agents, welcome back to the lair. Woo! Emerald Cell, once again, killing it at the last mission. As the agency, you were tasked with compromising one agent. You chose Big T. So Big T, come on down. All right, Big T, time has come. The choice is yours. You can either choose Tori or Emmy. Who's it gonna be? Looking at this elimination, this is the last thing that I want to be called down into. Big T is a fish. She likes to do puzzles, so I'm just praying to God she doesn't call me. Big T, the choice is yours. Who's it going to be? Tori or Emmy? I think both of these women are great competitors. It's going to be an honor to go up against either of them, but tonight, TJ, I'm going up against Emmy. All right, come on down, Emmy. I'm very confident with puzzles, and I love being in water. I know that Emmy isn't as strong of a swimmer as Tori, so I think tonight the best opponent to go up against is Emmy. Big is calling my name because she knows that I'm not good at puzzles. You cannot get away from what you're afraid of. Also, I'm really hurt because my friends could have saved me. All right, agents. Now, every badass agent knows that you have to stay cool under pressure. And tonight, you'll be doing just that as you play License to Chill. As you can see, we have two giant pools right here in the lair. These pools just happen to be freezing cold. In front of you, there are puzzle pieces that, when combined, will become a square. Then when I say go, you will race into that pool, swim across, ring the bell, come back, and start solving your puzzle. Now, every so often, I'm going to sound the air horn, which is cue for you to run back into your pool, ring the bell, come back. The first agent to get the puzzle done to win tonight's elimination round will stay in the game. Loser goes home empty-handed and is deactivated immediately. Good luck, agents. So, Big T calls out Emmy. The elimination looks to be a mix of a puzzle and jumping into some cold water. Are you surprised with her pick? Uh, not really. Um, Emmy says it herself that she's not been in a puzzle unless it's been on her own. Not on her own, sorry. She was in one in a team, and I can't even recall which one it was. Um, so she, so it's been a long season, like you said. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, it's you know, the the biggest surprise. Um, I think she says that she called out Emmy because she thinks that Emmy's more likely to panic in a pressure situation or some, or something like that. Lose it. She might have a point because we've seen Emmy do that, but also she's three and O in eliminations, so. <laughs> Maybe not the best idea. I don't know. But I think it was always going to be the way. I agree. I think it was going to be Emmy. Um, 
I quite like the design of this elimination. So effectively, we've got TJ with a bell. We've got a robot what Tevita um, pool of freezing cold ice water. A bell at the um, a bell at the end, and then a puzzle they have to solve. And every time TJ blasts his air hold or something, I can't remember what it was actually. They have to leave their puzzle, go through the water, and then they can come back and carry on. They they like. I didn't realise they've actually used a very similar concept for Rivals. Have you watched Rivals 3 yet? No, I don't think I've got to Rivals 3. Uh, well, now, this wouldn't be a big spoiler, right? But they basically got two bathtubs filled with ice water and then you've got to make a tower and puzzle over a certain point of height. No, I have seen it. You're right. No, I apologise. I have seen that, yes. No, maybe say sorry, mate. It's not everyone. The fact that I've watched every season about five times, <laughs> who wants part one on my own? Yeah. Very, very similar to that, but if anything, easier because when you're freezing, trying to get shit to balance it must be impossible. But solving a puzzle, at least you can chuck it and uh, go from there. What did you first thoughts on the design of this elimination? Who do you think was going to win? Uh, I think it was really interesting. Um, they weren't in the, I mean, they were freezing cold by the end, and it's very difficult to do. But I guess it, like you said, it helped them that they could just, they were submerged, they could get back out, they could. You know, get on with it, but it, it made it made certainly made it difficult. Um, I think when you're first looking at it, I think you probably do back Big T because I mean they talk about it being better, good in the water. They weren't in the water long enough for that to make a difference. I suppose that's what I was trying to say. Uh, but yeah, you probably fancy Big T because she's decent at puzzles. Um, she says, "I don't want to use the word puzzle queen, but maybe oh, that's awkward." Let me think. Has Big T won a puzzle elimination? The only elimination I remember her winning is the rope hanging one against Lisa, former Leroy Dusted J. Yeah, so yeah, she probably hasn't won a puzzle. She but just she, she might have won a day. She might have won yes, a daily yeah. one, but I can't remember. No, no not off the top of my head. But elimination wise, I don't think she has. Again, no. not can't think of one. But she's in right. Though the theory is that she's good at puzzles. Yeah, that's the theory. So I intelligence and puzzle solving does not actually correlate at all. No. Like you give me I you give me a Rubik's Cube and I'm going to have a panic and I'm gonna just have a uh probably just gonna find me in some of my Um or actually you know, more likely smashing the Rubik's Cube to bits. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I, it doesn't it doesn't correlate at all. Well, some people's brains actually work way better for puzzles who might not be thought of as traditionally intelligent. Like, like I've made as a dumbass on a on a night out. I once found him eating a leaf. It's really strange. But you can solve a Rubik's cube in seventeen seconds. Awesome. Yeah. Really cool. Well, I, I suppose you almost take the big tea, you almost take the big T factor out. And you question, can Emmy do a puzzle? And that's why you make Big T the favourite. I mean, Emmy literally even says herself that her biggest fear is puzzles. Now, I wish that my only fear in life or my biggest fear in life was puzzles, because generally speaking, in life, you can just avoid them. But on the challenge, they will come and find you. <laughs> what is your biggest fear? Uh, probably heights, uh, which ah. is another reason that I would be terrible on the challenge. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're in good company though with our birthday boy Kyle. He hates them. Uh, and someone who hates Kyle is CT. 
And I found it quite interesting. That was such a, that was like three attempts at a segue. That was really hard. CT, <laughs> um, obviously he's going to coach Eddie. Do you think he was actually helping? Because Amanda calls out that she thinks CT should shut up and let Eddie concentrate. Because all CT, sorry, I don't know where it's the same clip repeated because the challenge does do that shit out at some point. But it's, Use that as a base, use that as a base, use that as a base. Oh, CT, you're loud as fuck. I think she heard you. Yeah, like you say, Amanda calls it out very soon, uh, very early on. I mean, like, but he, he just seems to be barking, not particularly helpful help. Like, at one point, he says, he even says, Oh, bring it down in front of us and I'll do it here. And it's like, No, that's going to cost her a lot of time. She's going to have to take all of the things off, you do it, and then take all of the things back on. Like, that would take a long, lot of your time up. Yeah, I think you can carry, you can carry two of those things maps at once. You're like, I, I, that, that was baffling to me. Um, before we discuss the winner and loser, what the hell was that spider walk thing I mean, was doing at the start I mean, don't know. Like, you'd watch one too many Marvel films. Yeah. Um, and just, like, started posing like one. That was really, really strange. Anyway. I think, um, uh, sorry, one extra thing that I really enjoyed about this mission, and I don't know why, but, like, through all the explosions and fake explosions that we, we have, there's just something wonderfully simple and pure about TJ blowing his horn every, like, minute or whatever it was and just quite calmly saying, OK, back in the water. Like, no, no, like, nothing ever, just like, yeah, back in the water you go, like, all right. It actually reminded me, there's a brilliant bit of editing in the War of the Worlds one elimination between Wes and Dee, who must not be named, and then Zach and Zanina. And I think it's where Zach just said, no, I think it's Wes, says, um, oh, I just imagine TJ out there with this big stupid grin on his face, flipping off the thing, but it cuts TJ shutting off the lights, like, grinning ear to ear. And it's like, I think he quite enjoyed playing with that. Um, but yes, good call out, right? So let's talk about the winner. Any seemed to actually win pretty comfortably. I can see how far I've been on, but I don't think it, it was hard to judge who was winning throughout because there was lots of putts and spliced together. But Emmy seemed to absolutely walk it at the end, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, there's one point where Big T says, that she's just got one piece that won't go in or something. And I'm like, mm, it's quite a big deal in a puzzle. Um, it's not just as simple as being like, oh, I'm one piece away. It's not like a jigsaw and you've got, and there's one gap and one piece that you can just go, right, there we go. She looks like she's got a lot to move to change and, and, and win. Yeah, like you say, it seems pretty simple. There's very little drama to it or even fake. You know, some weeks we get some fake drama where they're a bit, you know, they're, doesn't really seem to be any of that. Yeah. I, I will tell you one thing I really wish they would ban is helping people in eliminations. It really yeah. pisses me off. I Don't be quiet. Let them, you can shout encouragement, definitely, but you can't have people giving them the answer. Stupid. Yeah, especially in one like that where it's quite obvious that one person is giving answers and the other person is basically being not like there isn't even anyone cheering her on, the poor girl. No. She's basically being completely ignored while Big T is saying, Yeah, move that here and move that there. And we don't know how useful it was, but I'm not sure it was unuseful. I'm sure that's the case. Yeah, definitely. And I think to be honest, I think I think CC probably did a lot more than we saw. Uh, Amanda yeah. just called out to me, but I think 
And only based on that, I'll say Emmy's biggest fear at puzzles is still that you can do them. CT was helping and is a renowned puzzle master. Um, yeah. Actually, the puzzle game. I think and, and especially the kind of help he was giving. And I know you can't, you know, you can't necessarily be too picky about this. It's either you can help or you can't. But in yeah, that kind yeah. of situation, he's very much like shouting the, you know, where to move different blocks. And you can do that with that kind of puzzle. You look at a puzzle, one of the puzzles earlier on in the season when it was, was it Logan versus uh, Gabe? No, Gabe? Oh, yeah, um, the uh, memorizer, yeah, yeah, it's not that's not really a puzzle, and it's not no. really a puzzle, it's just a memory, it's a memory game, and it's not a puzzle that anyone can help with. They can give you encouragement, they can tell you to get up the rope, they can say, Oh, this guy's gaining on you, get yourself up the rope, they can even give you a hint on how to memorize or some or something like that, but they can't physically like CT saying put block A in position one, etc. etc. That's proper like cheating. Yeah. It was, it was like Ashley Priscilla was the worst. You know, when it was put the tires in the right colour order. Yes. And you had the entire sodding house shout it out in the right order. And it was like literally yeah. yeah. Priscilla still had three to dig up. They didn't need to do that. And <laughs> two, get fucked. Let the elimination happen. There's two parts of that elimination. One is finding the tires, and the second one is memorizing the order. And they me- they memorized it like actually did not memorize a single fucking thing because you didn't need to. The, the most egregious example of this is Total Magnus when it's Wes sorry it's D versus Ashley, and it's smashing the load of tiles and then putting seasons in order. D has yes. never watched anything earlier than World World One. She would not have been able to. She would have. Five factor, five factorio was like 250 something on, right? She had a one in 250 chance of getting that right, and then she'd have to go through brute force, which would have been hilarious. She would have been so annoyed, and she was like, yeah, That season, yeah. Um, moving on, sorry, Levi. Um, but West told her the answer, Ashley would have got that. She's been on more seasons, she would have had less to flip around. Yeah, um, I would have got it in two seconds because I'd watched every season five times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I just don't like it. I do have one solution. How we think of this? You can help, but you accept a disadvantage in the next mission for your team, or your vote doesn't count. Yeah, I like that. I like, do like that a lot. Because then, even if someone said, "Oh shit, it's like an accident," but it doesn't matter, you help. So you wouldn't have to restart the elimination, but you know you're getting punished for help. I actually think I actually. Yeah, is it is it worth staying in if you could like or not worth staying in because obviously it's always worth staying in, but is it worth getting the help? Do you think you can do it yourself without that help if you're gonna get punished later on anyway? Yeah, so it's good, it's a good shout, it's a really good shout, actually. I, I do think that's really interesting. Um anyway, so Emmy, we'll talk about big T's philosophy today. But let's head back to TJ first to find out what Emmy's decision is going to be, whether she stays with Sapphire or whether she infiltrates. Well, Miss Emmy, congratulations. Once again, four times you've been down here. So four times you've been victorious, just absolutely killing the competition, sending everyone home. Congratulations. Four and oh. Now. Can we say Emmy is not Rookie of the Year? 
She's definitely rookie of the year. So now it's decision time. Do you want to rejoin the Sapphire cell or do you want to infiltrate and steal any other cell up there? Either the ruby cell or the emerald cell. What's it going to be? First of all, thank you so much, Mr. TJ, for the beautiful world, as always. Um... Well, safe is so boring for me. Like, going to Emerald, being safe is like, uh, I want to follow my uncle always, 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 always. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to rejoice Sapphire. I thought you would say that. Go ahead and rejoin Sapphire Cell. Congratulations. So the dramatic music starts swelling, and then the most obvious answer to a question happens. Then, since I asked Scarlett Johansson to go out with me, that was a no, and it ended stage of Sapphire. What's the biggest shock? <laughs> I just, I mean, Big T could get, could like nominate himself to be eliminated, not to go into an elimination, to actually be eliminated, and Emmy will be like, yeah, I'm going to follow him. <laughs> like, I genuinely think that if he chose team going home, she would also choose team going home. Oh my god, that's so funny! Probably so accurate. <laughs> uh, good job. Uh, yeah, absolutely no jeopardy here. It's not even really bothered to discuss it. I don't. It's interesting to see how much faith Evan's got in TT, but there is literally no one talking about this one. And also vice versa, to be fair. And again, something you guys have spoken about earlier in the season. He clearly believes that she is good enough to run and win a final with. Because we've seen what he does with people he doesn't believe that in. Ask Big T on as she leaves what happens when he doesn't believe that you can win a final. Really, really good point. God, I don't like thinking about that. That was hard to watch. Um, so Big T leaves. She's... Has an interest. She's had a bit of a weird season, to be honest. In that, mm. hooked up with Logan. Good. I don't remember her winning. I don't think she ever won a mission. And she went from being last season, like arguably the most popular person in the house by miles. Just didn't seem the same this season. I don't know whether multiple seasons back to back taking her toll on her. I don't know whether it was the remnants of CT leaving her last season. I, I, I'm not sure. There's just something... I, she's now said she's completely done with the challenge, by the way. That was her last episode. Oh, really? Yeah, she's... Uh, well, what, I knew this a couple of weeks ago. She got accepted into culinary school. She said she wouldn't be on season 38. But she's also... I think someone posted the Reddit today. Shout out to the Reddit. Thank you for making me not go on Twitter or Instagram. Um, they, yeah, that, 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 that she's not coming back. Today was her last episode. And... I think it's a bit of a sad way to go out. If anything, I probably would have liked her to go out last season, maybe, um, on a bit more of a high. But I think she's been a really good addition to the character, to the challenge. The only thing I've said about Big a lot is I would have liked a culmination to her story arc, where she went off in the off-season, ran 10k a day, came back, beasted the endurance challenges, maybe got to a final. That'd be a really nice way of signing off. But... I think it's a bit of a sour note to bow out on. I'm just a bit confused about what happened there this season. What are your overall thoughts on Big Tree Run? Yeah, I was, I was going to say it's interesting that she's she's leaving because to to pick up on a Levi-ism, he often talks about what TJ says to them. And he didn't say, 
we look forward to seeing you in the future or you know hope to see you see you in the future so so maybe that was a maybe it was a foreboding um i think yeah she's been a really interesting competitor like you say and you look all the way back to her first elimination and that um that, that elimination with the, the where they had to move the massive with, thing with Georgia on War of the Worlds too, right? Which, yeah, exactly. And everyone thought that she was just going to fold, and they were out there for like three hours or whatever ridiculous amount of time it was. And she proved then that she's far more of a like plucky underdog, I think, than anyone ever believed. And she's shown that throughout, and her character's been really fun and really interesting to see. And you know, she's she's obviously a really nice girl who they all really like. Um. I think you're right. It's a shame that her character arc never culminated in her um, having the endurance or getting to show that she had the endurance. That the girl likes a donut more than she likes running, and I can absolutely relate to that. Uh, she, she, yeah, she's, she, she had lots of highlights. It is a shame that she's gone out the way that she's gone out. Not just losing an elimination, not just losing a puzzle elimination that she hoped to be good at, but just in the sense that it was all with a bit of a whimper. It was all with, you know, clearly, like you've said, this episode did make it look like she was ready to go home. And in some ways, you know, when you're ready to go home and you are and you do just call it a day, it's quite nice to go out on your own terms. It would have been nicer if she hadn't got to the point of absolute. It's almost like if she'd been allowed to go home after she got eliminated the first time, that almost would have been better. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um... I I don't even I didn't really think she wanted to go back to the house. Mm, yeah, no, it's, it's a good good shout. Um, yeah, maybe not thrown it, but certainly not put had a whole heart in it. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good around. But overall, thank you. Yeah, I think she's been she's been a, definitely a positive overall for the show. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Giving us some really, give us some really. Actually, give me give anything a big tea. But the top two or three moments that jumped to your mind. Uh, I, honest, honestly, that first elimination, that definitely should be yeah. done. Um, and then there's a couple of last season, uh, just just being with big, big, uh, with, with being big, with, with CT, I guess. And uh, when she won, I can't remember which which daily it was now. They won one of the dailies, and when she was just like acting like a queen on the club night, it was just yeah. like a lot of fun. Yeah, so that that was my that was my standout one was the head, jumping on the helicopter, then swimming one. Um, and Kyle goes, "You knew that big team was actually my fish man." Um, yeah, that was my attempt at Jordy accent. We'll never be doing that again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, sorry, carry on. That that, that was my absolute number one for her, and then the, the way she behaved after, I thought, was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Those are definitely the highlights, I think. Fresh cotton pads will always be funny, but it's slightly overused. Um, and then Hawk and Bunny will always have a special place in my heart, even though it was slightly soured by CD Bunny even there. <laughs> yes, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, I guess that's part of the problem. Cool. So, good luck in culinary school, Big T. Um, oh, I know how I want her back on the challenge. She gets to come back next season and prepare the most horrendous food for everyone who's mean to her on an eating challenge. Yes, now we're talking. That's how you cover her character arc. It's like the final revenge. She cooks yeah. the food people have to eat in the final and makes it like borderline poisonous and Josh shits himself while carrying his bag. Oh my word. Oh yes. Yeah, I'm 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 game I would I would definitely watch that. <laughs> I'll tweet Josh and let him know. Not even not the Josh bit, but the, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Big T, 
a revenge via food would be a lot of fun. That'd be awesome. Um, so overall, what did you think of the episode? Yeah, I thought it was a decent episode actually. Um, I thought the, the the elimination was was fun to watch, uh, without it being like you know one of the one of one of the best. But it was it was a decent watch. Um, the the daily was was a, again a lot of fun and like you, like we said earlier like a, so much happened in this episode it felt like a lot of filler but when you look at the overall story arc of the season a, a lot's happened in this one week setting it you know sets up the next the next week's interesting again we we just you know we we're, we're still waiting for that week where having more people is a genuine disadvantage you could argue this week it wasn't an advantage but it still wasn't a disadvantage. Um, and you know, I think Nelson sums it up quite nicely towards the end when he says, "I think we can say for certain now that Emmy is rookie of the season." I mean, you go four and zero in eliminations, and it basically doesn't matter what happens from here. Emmanuel could win; he's not going to be rookie of the goddamn season, is he? No, I, I agree. I think um, I think there's only been eight people to ever go four and zero, apparently, and less than that, I think it's maybe three. We've won four eliminations in the season. Yeah, that is big. E- even if you take, she didn't have any like amazing wins. Um, yeah. but massive cliche. But you can only beat what's in front of you. And arguably, she has actually. This is really interesting. Actually, I didn't even think of this. She has had a strength-based elimination one, a coordination-based elimination, which is the one against Patina to get the momentum going up. She had the Kind of under pressure one where she was doing the magnet to pick things up, like that was oh, a, bit of, yes. a bit of a carnival game, and now a legitimate straight off the bat puzzle. That's almost kind of the four categories you get for challenge elimination: strategic, mental, strength, and agility. Not just yeah. coordination and agility. But it's almost like they couldn't get any perfect category in football. Yes, yeah, yeah. Left foot, right foot, header. Yeah, she's yeah, she's just she's really, you know, she's she's really shown herself to, to be really versatile. And hope you, you kind of hope she does get to a final. And we think she will, because we think that there's only one boy da- daily left, but we, we really don't know, I guess. But we think that she'll get to a final. And so it'd be really interesting to see what her stamina is then like. There's been nothing to suggest that it won't be that it will be terrible, but we just but you just don't know. Like we know these finals are a different kettle of fish to other to, to just normal endurance. This kettle of fish is going to translate across the pond. <laughs> really don't know. <laughs> let's, not, let's not explain it and see if anyone calls us out for it. Apparently Brian's been keeping a big list of all the shitty British idioms I use. Like, <laughs> I can't wait for him to start slating me with them. I'm really, I can't, I can't, I'm really amusing. Um, so I... You've nicely brought me onto the final thing I'm going to ask. But I'm asking you two questions, Gwen. What do you think will happen next week? And what do you hope will happen next week? Um, well, I think that we are going to have at least one more. Um, I think we're, we're, we're losing a, a guy next week. And, you know, again, the trailer certainly seems to suggest that, that we're, we're losing a guy. <laughs> what I hope... Oh, God. What, what I hope is that we are losing a guy, but I don't know who necessarily, because... The Im- weirdly, the imbalance of numbers that Emerald have isn't in guys; it's it's in it's in girls. So it's not necessarily a guy that we need to lose. So hell, maybe 
maybe it will be. I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see. But I suppose. Yeah, I suppose um, numbers wise across the board is it? Yeah, numbers wise across the board we've got too many men, but um, a split into teams. It's just that they have the same men in each in each team. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see who goes. I, I really don't know what's gonna happen. It would be nice to not see Emerald win just because for no reason of malice or anything like that, other than the fact that we've only seen it once so far. So I have one thing about the Emerald thing, but I'll turn it. Have we got? Two teams of three and a team of five at the moment. I think that's right. Yeah, and the uh, yeah, and the two teams of three have both got two guys and a girl, and the team of five have got two guys and three girls. If the final was tomorrow, who should they be? <laughs> Good question. I don't think it is Emerald. I really don't. It's, it's, it's really tough, actually, because... Ruby and Sapphire are both really close. Um, I think Sapphire is better than Ruby just on having um, CT because yes. Nelson, and, Nelson and Tori are probably fitter than Kyle and Emma. Yeah. And arguably probably better than CT. I don't know if Logan is as good as Puzzles. He's their, he's their only hope for Puzzles. Yes. I don't know whether he can hold up that end of the bargain. Um, yeah. that's, that's why I think so. I think Sapphire is actually the most stacked team because you've got CT, master of everything, um, and Kyle and Emmy who just don't have enough to just not fuck up for them to win. Yes, yeah, I think I think that might be a good shout actually. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it, that we've got to this point, they've got five wins, they've got the most people, but I don't think most people would say that Emerald are favourites. So, this is the interesting one. I want Emerald to win next season, next episode. Okay. Because I then want them to vote CT in. Yeah, I suppose that is the big, that's the big one, isn't it? That's the big question. Yeah, if CT goes goes in. And if CT goes in, I suppose he's probably taking power with it. So, <laughs> that, that would be hilarious. Um, one, it's the last elimination of the season. The pattern we usually get is yeah. CT goes in. I don't think he calls out Kyle. You think he goes Logan? I think he probably goes in because Kyle will be a helpful aspect. It would be better for Sapphire to have Kyle in the final than not to have Kyle. Yes. Then, yeah, he's that's running, then he's running in a team of two. If there's any carrying with like a stretch of their butt to a three, you can get by it because CT could go two at the front and you have Emmy and Kyle at the back or it's CT and Kyle and Emmy swaps in every now and again. Um, yeah. So I definitely would. So we call out Nelson and Logan. And I wish you'd call out Nelson if it was Hall or something. Can you imagine? I don't. That would be interesting because Fessy ran over Nelson. Nelson's got a great fight against Fessy. And CT's got less weight and less weight. So I know that would be a great battle. But God, then you really feel for Nelson. Like Rogan, Fessy, and CT as your oh, yeah. enemies. That is a hate crime. Like, that is just, <laughs> like, that would, I don't think I'd come out of that alive. I think no. I'd potentially get round one of them broken. And then the next yeah. one, I'm just going to go, yep, yeah. love you, Mum. Bye. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose the other the other thing is that if Ruby win and also vote in Logan, you could end up with uh, no, not Logan vote in CT. Head's gone. Uh, vote in CT. You could end up with CT versus Devon or CT versus um, CT versus Emmanuel. Yeah, the only one that I want there is if it falls in. I would love CT versus Emmanuel because it's strength versus what I assume is great agility. And yeah, that would be really interesting. Um, the problem is, we've seen production shithousery before to protect CT. Now, I think if CT wins another, he's hanging up with them, he's going to retire. But potentially come back for season 40 if they pay him enough. Do yeah. MTV want to run the risk of him retiring? And should they just screw him over and make sure Sapphire loses? Ooh, I mean, the, mm, maybe, yeah. I mean, do you think that CT winning this time round really makes him retire any more than CT not winning this time round? I, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that. Yeah, uh, I think they pay... Because I, I actually don't want him on season 38 or 39. I think he needs a bit of a break so it's exciting when he comes back and he gets a bit... Yes. Um, and people can keep their own relationships and then it brings CT back in on not as strong a footing. I mean, I think season 40, MTV, pay him, pay Johnny, pay Wes, get everyone on this season because it would be epic. Um, and it should be epic, but season 40, I mean, you're probably going to lose that entire wave of depth after it. Yeah, exactly, because your next big one is 50, and that's, even if it's two a year, even if it's five years down the line, you can't, you can't bring them everyone back again because five years down the line, there's some old men. Yeah, I mean... Brady's 45, but the man has uh, eaten nothing but avocado ice cream all his life, so he's completely... Whereas these guys are on a reality show to bring beer. They can't be Brady. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I hope happens next episode. I hope we get a hold rule or a falls in. Um, we've already had Paul Russell, haven't we? Maybe Crazy Apes, actually. That'd be cool. And I hope it's CT being the house voting. It'd be nice. It would be nice to see it. That's, but can you see it happening? Can you see Emerald or Ruby voting in CT? I mean, look, we've said this before. If you're going to do it, why not now? I suppose you could make the argument that if they genuinely think it's the last one, then there's no repercussions apart from when he gets to the final and gets a chance to screw you over. Obviously, he's then going to take that. We know he carries grudges, not just from this season, but every time something like that happens and he gets to a final, he remembers who threw him in. And he and if he gets a chance to put a bomb on or whatever it is, it's always that team, that person. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, probably not. Probably safe again. Probably just cruising straight into a final. And then we'll see from there whether he wins or not. So I, I, it would only take one brave person to speak up um, to get him thrown in, is my opinion. And I think Amanda would do it. I think Nanny would consider it because Nanny voted him in in World Wars 1. She knows yeah. how hard he is to beat. That would be interesting. Devin is meant to be friends with CT, but I think if Devin could get him voted in and he didn't have to have buzz on his hands, or if he didn't have to actually do the vote, he'd be okay with it. Um, my own, and then Ruby, I actually think Nelson would be fine with it. Um, Tori and CT, not especially close. Um, he did kind of stay there at the end of World Wars 2, but that was just self-interest. 
So I could see one of them doing it, to be fair. You really risk is if he wins, he's yeah. going to infiltrate and he's going to take you off your team. And then if he wins and infiltrates Emerald, that team is winning. It's going to be a really boring final. But I think you don't, I don't think either of those teams beats him. I think you've got to take this shot. Yeah, but whether they will or not, we've been talking about it all season. This is, it's like the running theme of this season is, will anyone take a shot of CT? So we just have to assume it's not going to happen. And if it does, yeah. great, but we've just got to assume it's not going to happen. And tune in next week to find out if someone does grow a pair and take that shot. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk this through to you. It's been almost like having Levi back. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find and follow you? Um, you've got a quite cool football podcast you might want to mention. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. I know it's a cesspool, but I am there, um, at Siddler28. Or if you have any interest in Manchester United, you can listen to our podcast, which is uh, The Devils You Know. We are terrible at remembering to record every week, but we did do one this week about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's sacking, of course. So there's lots of lovely uh, content uh, this week, but whether we'll be back next week, who knows? We are not as good as this wonderful podcast, even though you did miss last week. But... <laughs> Ow, unnecessary. Anyway. Like it, was, it, was, it was bad timing to bring it up of the one week that comes the week after you missed one, you know? I'm so sorry for getting had in But we will be back next week. And if you'd like to ask any questions to us, you can message us on the Reddit. I am you dash this 28. Levi is Nick's left, but he's taking a break at the moment. Um if you want to interact with us on social media, do not head to Twitter. Uh, although if you do, make sure you stay my time. Um, head to at Challenge Reactor on Instagram. And we will speak to you next week. Um, and what we will do, as we always do, except last week we did not, was uh, leave you with a clip of next week's episode. Today's mission is called Dead Drop. <laughs> The win right now is so important. Have you heard of anyone wanting to volunteer to go in? It could be the last guy's elimination.